welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian. And today, my guest is Gary Snow of DiQ Games. Welcome. Hey, Logar. Thanks for having me. No doubt. No doubt. How are you doing today? I'm doing good up in the uh, hot white north. It's uh, summertime here and we do get the heat. <laughs> We've been getting that a lot, a lot of places. Something's going on here. <laughs> I, I like the summer. I'm not sure if this is great. What's been happening, though? <laughs> yeah. So you have a you have a movie? I do. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I really mm -hmm. appreciate it. I'm a big fan. I listen to you every single day. Uh, oh, thank so, you. Thank uh, you. I appreciate, appreciate it. All the, all the work that you do. And I hope to have you on my own uh, podcast sometime in the near future. Well, we're definitely going to make that happen. <laughs> oh, cool. Thank you. So back to your question. The Friendly Local Game Store is the documentary I shot uh, where I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And it's the world's largest game store. They celebrated their 42nd anniversary. And uh, I really thought the community around the game store was amazing. It's uh, an amazing place, amazing culture. And uh, when I was uh, without a job during the pandemic, I went, well, what do I want to do with my time? And I said, I'm going to make a documentary. I'm a aspiring amateur filmmaker and uh, i thought i can do it i'm curious to know how you went about approaching start like do you had you already have equipment and everything that before you set out to do this i'm assuming correct yeah i've got an amazing amount of equipment uh, don't tell my partner she uh, will not be happy with how much i've probably spent on it over the years but i've got all the film equipment and i do like you know kind of corporate talking head videos and uh but I moved to Calgary in 2013, and uh, I had no idea that the store existed. They're kind of low key as far as their advertising goes. And uh, I walked by the store and I saw a big dragon on the outside of like a warehouse, essentially. And I went, well, you know, that's like the calling sign for like a geek like me. I grew <laughs> up playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know, from the, the 80s, right? And uh, so I saw the dragon, I went inside and I was just blown away. It's like a Mecca. Uh, they've got... Uh, as the documentary will showcase, they've got all like the decorations. It looks like a Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You oh, go in there and it's like truly the largest game store in the world. You're blown away as you go in there. And I think the documentary captures that um, as far as the awe of what that place represents. I want to see this documentary. Where can I, where can I see it? Well, it's going to be at Gen Con on August the 4th. Uh, so if you're at Gen Con, uh, please come watch it. It's at noon on the Thursday. So it's not ideal timing because it's like right at the beginning of Gen Con, but please come and watch. It's free to anybody that has a Gen Con pass. So uh, that's in the uh, Western Capital 3 building at noon on the Thursday to August the 4th. And during Gen Con, it's going to also be streamed on the Fantasy Network. Uh, which is uh, throughout the, I think a lot of people, I'm not, I haven't watched too much of the Fantasy Network, but there's a lot of like kind of geek culture kind of uh, videos on there. So if, uh, if you check that out, it'll be on uh, during there. I, so I walked past the building and I went in there, I was blown away. And then when the, the pandemic hit, I reached out to the store owner, random email. And I said, hey, I think there's a story here. I'd love to do a documentary. And I think he was, you know, supportive, but he wasn't kind of sure uh, what to expect. Gord, Gord Johansson and, uh, is his name. And, um, you know, over time, like he lined up a lot of people for me to interview, former employees, current employees, uh, people that have been in and around the community of the Calgary gaming scene for like a long time. And it's got its own like kind of ecosystem, I guess. There's people that have like 
made board games that got their start there. Um, some of like premier board game designers are actually in Calgary. And um, so it's just kind of a fascinating uh, way to capture all these different stories. And it's so inclusive. It's so accommodating to, you know, all sorts of different people. And I think if you watch the documentary, you'll really get a sense of how important this has been to Calgary's gaming community. Has this has it been the same owner owner for forty two years? For forty two years, three different locations. It literally was a hole in the wall, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. To now, it's like the world's largest game store. I'm, I really want to see this. Now, you said it's going to be on the Fantasy Network. This is the first time hearing of a Fantasy Network. That's the network I want. Where can I find that? <laughs> well, uh, the, the Fantasy Network, it's uh, they have a, basically it's through their website. So uh, if I click on it, it's called watch.thefantasy.network. Watch.thefantasy.network. Yeah, there it is. I just found it. <laughs> I didn't know that existed, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pay attention to this. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually didn't know about it either, but it's kind of cool that they're gonna be uh, showcasing a lot all the films that are at the Gen Con Film Festival. And I I actually didn't even know that Gen Con had a film festival, and I've never been to Gen Con before. Uh, I've it was like you know a dream as a kid. You you would hear about Gen Con, and you'd yeah, go, hey, I want to attend it one day, but I never really had a reason to, and uh, now I do. Yeah, my I remember the little uh, like I remember it being written on some of the modules and, and saying in the dragon mags and stuff back in the day. And that's what I think of 90% of the time when I hear Gen Con or those little ads in there. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So it's going to be uh, kind of a lifelong dream to go to Gen Con and uh, and have one of my, fil my films there and, and be able to connect with lots of people. And uh, as I mentioned, I do the, my own kind of podcast and I'm going to try to do a lot of floor interviews. Um, so hopefully if, uh, if you're at Gen Con and you're a game designer, please uh, reach out to me. I'd like to do some floor interviews with you. I'm curious what kind of, what kind of what, like audio equipment you're using to record interviews on the floor, are you using video and audio or how you, how are you approaching that? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm kind of still working through it because I have my film audio equipment. I have a zoom F nine or sorry, F six, um, recorder and a zoom h6 recorder so i gotta figure out which one works best and i've got like wireless lav mics and all sorts of audio equipment and i'm going to try to do some tests ahead of time to see what works best but i think we're gonna uh, record video on my phone and then sync it up later uh with the audio through the uh zoom recorders that works that works well i i I had one of these little, this like thumbstick audio recorder type deal that's, that I had picked up at. The thing stinking broke. Like I didn't have it for two weeks before it broke. <laughs> Did not work out well. <laughs> I need to get something like that so that I can do exactly what you're talking about. Go to a con and walk around talking to people and get a few minutes of them there for the podcast. So I got to figure out how to do that. Just walk around doing audio. I don't feel doing it on the phone works as well because the the phone audio is is really bad. <laughs> yeah, especially with a, a big crowd like that, and uh, so I think I think we're gonna go with lav mics. But you know, I'll test it out ahead of time, and we'll and we'll see. And I can get pretty geeky with the tech stuff, so it's kind <laughs> of it's a bit of a passion for me between the film and the audio and all that kind of stuff. So how'd you get into all the film and audio and whatnot and stuff like that? Where, where does that, where does that start? Well, you know, I, as a kid and, you know, like 
there's two things that I always wanted to do is be a role-playing game designer mm -hmm. and a filmmaker. And those were like, and I've gone about things like really winded road as far as uh, I didn't go to film school because it just seems so far-fetched. I always wanted to design, to design games, but that also seemed far-fetched. And now with technology being what it is, it's all attainable. And uh, even though I'm older, I just turned 50 um, and so I'm like really dating myself, but I've always been pretty tech savvy. And so now that uh, the technology is caught up to my aspirations, I can do this stuff. And so when DSLR cameras started recording video, I went, oh, I can actually make a video. And same with game design. I went, I've always done I'm communications marketing background. So ah. for me, I like graphic design and that, and layout and writing, it all kind of fits together. So now I'm like, huh. I can actually make a game, put it on itch, yeah. get it out there. It's yep. all attainable. There's no barriers. That is, the, I've had this conversation quite a few times here on the podcast and even recording earlier today with another guest. I had this almost a similar conversation. The technology has changed. And I said to them, I said, uh, it's, it's the Einstein thing. How many Einsteins died in the mines? We're getting access to what you used to have publishers and TV networks and, and all these you know, our technology is a point where this stuff is accessible for everyone to be able to put out what they're passionate about and creative about to some extent. It's become a lot more accessible and I love it. It makes me happy. <laughs> the one thing I'll say in one of my videos, one of my earlier videos on my podcast was talking about, like I put out a, a game just like some kind of a test rules and it kind of was met with lukewarm response. And, and I've since I think improved my design aesthetics. But the one thing I'll say is there's so much content out there that before you used to be a needle in a haystack and now you're like a needle in the needle stack. There's yeah. so much good content out there and it's hard to kind of like stand out amongst the crowd. And that's probably the bigger problem that we have is everybody can make a game now, but how do you stand out in yeah. comparison to that? Yeah. There is a lot of great stuff coming out. Like I know us here, we're trying to get as much of those independent creators out there and show them as possible. But I can tell you after a minute, it gets hard to keep up with that many creators. But there is a lot of good stuff coming out, getting cranked out. I'm a fan of what's happening because there's really, truly innovative stuff going on in the gaming world here the last, oh, a couple of years, especially with the last decade or more even. like it, Things just, just seem very uh, fresh, new, and innovative to me. And I'm excited about what's been going on. <laughs> totally. And that's kind of the focus of my podcast, too, is like highlighting some of these creatives, getting the word out there. And also uh, being lessons for new creators to, to learn from them uh, as they've like gone down their own design journey. Yeah. Tell us a bit about the, about your podcast. It's, it's one that it's one of the, actually, I only discovered it about a month or two ago. I didn't realize it was out there until then. And someone had mentioned it on the internet and I checked out a couple episodes to tell the listeners about, about Daiku, the Daiku podcast and everything. Did I pronounce it correctly? It is yeah, Daiku, yeah. correct? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I pronounce things yeah, wrong Daiku. all the time, so I'm always checking. <laughs> like, yeah, I like dice and add ku to it, Daiku uh, with a KU. Um, yeah, for me, it was uh, as I went through my own design journey and I was seeing all these amazing creatives out there and I went, I would just love to, look, you know, it selfishly probably glean some information from them. And so I've invited some like really amazing guests on. Uh, some that um, I know you've had on, uh, Yohai, uh, Gal, um, uh, I don't know if you've had Luca Reitz, um, but I, Nate Treme, uh, lots of like amazing creators. And so I interview them 
I talk to them and it's a probably like a, a pretty deep dive. We do at least an hour talking where we like go into their history and their design aesthetics and how they approach the game design world. And, you know, there's uh, always, you know, a hundred different ways to skin the cat, but it's interesting to see how people approach things. And, and I, you know, I learn from them and I think people listening can learn from them if they want to design their own games. And, and with that said, um, I just, I really like to showcase these amazing talents. How'd you get started doing that? What prompted you to, you know, start doing the podcast, like, like you're doing your own stuff. Like what made you think, Hey, the way I should do this is audio <laughs> and a podcast. Like, yeah, well, it's it, primarily, it's almost like video first. And then I kind of throw the video onto the audio uh. um, of the podcast. So it's YouTube is kind of my main format, but yeah, I, I reached out to uh, Dungeon Musings uh, was like one of my first guests and he's like, uh, he does live games and uh, he's also located in Calgary and you know, it's just kind of grown from there. I, I discover games that I really like. Some of them are like really popular, some of them nobody's heard of and uh, it, it ranges and I've been blessed to have, uh, you know, some amazing creators like uh, Greg Kostikian from uh, um, Star Wars D6 and uh uh, Mark Miller, you the video of uh, my interview with him from Traveler. It's going to be out uh, in tomorrow, but uh, by the time readers hear this, it'll be out. I want to get. Him, I, I tried to message him. I need to mess, try to get a hold of him again. I want, I'd like to get him on, talk to him. I'm curious. I'm definitely going to be listening. I just listened to another. Uh, someone else had him on recently, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I checked that. Out. I'm very curious to talk to Mark Miller. I, I'm definitely interested in that one. <laughs> and and uh, you know. Uh, um, Deborah from Geek Gamers I've had on about solo GMing and uh, I've you know uh, over time I've been very lucky to get some amazing guests so I'm really grateful for their time. So what's your gaming history like real quick we don't have much time left but I'm curious to know what your gaming history is like what led you up to you know, where did you start sure. and whatnot? Well I started with Redbox um, my sister played and so I there's like some older stuff that was kind of kicking around but I got my teeth into the Redbox and we played Car Wars a lot. That was like a our oh, kind of yeah. go-to like game to just kill each other. That was kind of fun. But we graduated to uh, you know first edition like AD and D, and I could not get people to play Basic anymore because <laughs> like you know it was not advanced. Yeah, it's for babies, don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I had all the boxes, and I would like you know just couldn't get them to play it. But we got into Palladium, um, but not the fantasy stuff, but like the heroes. And I, I have to say, like, I mean, I, I love Dungeons and Dragons, love it, but I, I rarely DM'd it, but I loved to actually GM like heroes and riffs, even though it was like a really clunky system, tons of work on the, the GM. Oh, no, that was a huge part of like, I had, we had a 10 year long Heroes Unlimited campaign. It was our main game for many years. I get it. I, I ran a lot of riffs and I ran a hell a lot more heroes unlimited <laughs> i know that world so that was like for me i really liked uh that i didn't like the system but i loved the worlds the worlds of rifts and heroes and uh, beyond supernaturals and ninjas and super spies like that was my jam i really loved reading those books oh yeah we and, got we, we yeah i get it i love that stuff <laughs> that's that's, that's I, you know i was playing palladium for years before i even played D. &D. 
yeah. quite a few years. I didn't even had never touched DD. It was just like a lot of palladium for us at that point. But yeah, I'm a big fan. That's good. I'm always excited to hear folks that say, like, yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> and you know what, too? I think that really inspired me to find these oddball games because maybe I was a bit of an oddball as far as myself that I, I like Dungeons and Dragons. But when I saw games that were like not Dungeons and Dragons, I always like picked them up and grabbed them and just went like, what is this about? Like weird, like paranoia, just Hell different. Yeah. Like, just like different because D&D was kind of maybe a bit old for me at that time. Like it just was the same old stuff. So I loved finding weird worlds to play in. And that's the benefit in the of the hobby here, right? Yeah, it's great stuff. Well, real quick, we're about on time. Could you tell the listeners where they can find you online, where they can check out your, what, where they can check you out, follow you and subscribe and all that stuff? Sure. Daiku Games. Um, that's one word, Daiku Games, uh, Dai and then KU uh, Games. And you, uh, that's the same name on all my social, um, YouTube, everything. Uh, if you go to daikugames.com, you can see the trailer for the Friendly Local Game Store, which is the documentary at Gen Con. And uh, I'm not too sure where it's going to end up after Gen Con, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be somewhere digitally at some point. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. No doubt. If you enjoy what you've heard, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. If you use any support you can give us, patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>